Do not crucify Christ again. My Father Daniel Couture If Mary was never guilty of sin, does she need a Savior? What does it mean to be free of original sin and its effects? For when consecrated to Our Lady, what are the ramifications of mortal and venial sin? All this and more is addressed by Father in this ninth episode of the Fatima Center series, No Mary, No Jesus. I'm Father Daniel Couture. Welcome to these ongoing series of talks on Our Lady. We are speaking of the Immaculate Conception, trying to study this great dogma which was defined in 1854, which was confirmed by Our Lady herself at Lourdes in 1858, and which is part of the great mystery of Fatima whenever Our Lady speaks of her Immaculate Heart. In our last talk, we explain the words, the text of the definition of the Immaculate Conception by Pope Pius IX. And I ended by trying to see how we can imitate, what can we draw for ourselves from this truth that Our Lady is without sin. And I was telling you that the first thing is if she's without sin and if she has that enmity with the devil, we too, by right, we should aim at being without sin. That total purity of Our Lady for us is certainly a great source of confidence. If Our Lady told us herself, I am the Immaculate Conception, it is a source of tremendous confidence. The children of such a mother who is stronger than hell altogether cannot perish. Her victory, as St. Maximilian Kolbe says, her victory is our victory if we live as her children, if we are her children. Another way we can imitate or understand this mystery is our baptism. The mystery of the Immaculate Conception is Our Lady being preserved by virtue of the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ, the future merits of our Lord Jesus Christ. She was preserved. She was redeemed, but by preservation. We have been redeemed afterwards by healing. So, if Our Lady was Immaculate Conception by virtue of the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ, if that original sin did not wound her soul by virtue of the passion, the blood, the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, the same cause has washed away original sin from us. But afterwards, we were healed by the same merits blood, wounds, passion, death of our Lord Jesus Christ. St. Paul says, by baptism, we have suffered, we have been crucified with Christ. By baptism, we have died with Christ. By baptism, we have been buried with Christ. Consipulti estis. 
We have been buried with him. By baptism, we have risen from the dead with him. Baptism applies to our soul the whole passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why at baptism, if it's a, a little child, they lower the baby into the font and they bring it out to show, even by movement, to show like the burial of Jesus. They went down into the sepulcher and then he came out with the resurrection. If it's an adult, he bows his head and we pour the water. So, that's something to remember. What made Our Lady Immaculate is the same cause that obtained, that granted us, that washed for us the original sin. Very important to remember that. We need to study that. Unfortunately, having inherited original sin, we have inherited the wounds of original sin. We need to look at that a little bit more precisely today. What do we call the wounds of original sin? St. Thomas speaks at length about these things. It's a wound for the intellect, a wound for the will, a wound for the lower appetites of our being, which we call the irascible and the concupiscible. The, uh, let me explain to you briefly. And as we speak about them, always remember, well, we have them because we were healed, but Our Lady does not have them because she was preserved. That's a bit of a difference, a major one. But we have to remember that it's the same passion and death of Jesus that is the solution to whether preserve Our Lady or heal us. We're going to find the answer to our problems at the same source. So what we call the wound of the intellect is called the wound of ignorance. It's a blindness of the mind. We don't understand. We don't see. We don't see God's plan. We don't see the gravity of sin, for example. We don't see. We have an ignorance in our duties. And so it leads us to fall into error. It leads us to a lack of prudence. A lack of prudence which is precipitation in our actions. We, we act without thinking. We see what we have to do, but we, we hesitate and we cannot make up our mind in doing, in executing what we know is our duty. It leads to pride. The source of pride is, is ignorance. We forget who we are. Humility is truth. Pride is error. So that's the wound of the intellect, that our mind, our intellect has been darkened. St. Thomas used the word blindness. It's uh, ignorance. The wound of the will, our will which seeks good. So what's the opposite of seeking good? Well, is to wish evil. That's the opposite. So it's called the wound of malice. The wound of malice. How bad this affects us. You have to switch on the news or uh, read a newspaper. It's everything bad other people are doing. So it's also rash judgment, gossip. It is uh, envy, jealousy. It is all that is these lawsuits, wishing evil, the least little damage I get from somebody, I will sue him. This, this attitude of, of wanting uh, 
wanting evil, and that's everywhere, even in little children. We see that very clearly. Little children let a little group of children playing together walk away for two minutes, and they'll be fighting because one took took the other one's toys. That malice, man is malicious. It's, it's, It's terrible. That's a disorder of the will. And uh, all the ingratitudes, all the, the selfishness, it's all there. It's all there. So Our Lady did not have that. Our Lady never, never thought evil, even when she saw the Jews wounding our Lord during the Passion, during the, the crucifixion, the ingratitude of the Jews, and perhaps among the crowd shouting, come down from the cross and we will believe. He saved others, he cannot save himself. Perhaps they were people who had been cured by our Lord, perhaps. The same people, well, some of them, had been there the Sunday before when Jesus walked in at the Palm Sunday. Hosanna to the Son of David. The same people turned around and were asking for his death. Our Lady did not feel anger. She felt hurt because Jesus was hurt. But she did not have a desire of of revenge, as we may have when we see injustice, when we see ingratitude. Oh, they deserve it. They should be punished. They should go to hell. No, no, Our Lady, Our Lady did not have this, this reaction, this malicious reaction, which is so common. That's the second wound, the wound of malice. First, the wound of ignorance, then the wound of malice. The irascible, what we call the irascible in, in philosophy, is the part of our body which deals with the good which is difficult. Whenever there's an effort, an effort to get out of bed in the morning, an effort to go to work, an effort to bear difficulties at home, at work, sickness. Whenever we have to practice the virtue of fortitude. So fortitude deals with the good which is difficult. So that has been wounded. And then we have a tendency to give up. To give up either by just giving up or by reacting excessively, and that's anger. Anger is actually a sign of weakness. Says we cannot handle a problem. And we get angry and we think by shouting or getting violent, it's going to solve the problem. But the problem is inside us. We cannot control a difficult situation. And so we lose our temper. So that's called... The wound of weakness, that's the typical name of this. So it causes impatience, it causes discouragement, it causes broken homes and vocations quitting because it's too hard. I can't do this for the rest of my life. We quit. There's a difficult good. I cannot stay with her, with him forever. No, it's too much. And we quit. So that's a lack of fortitude. That's a weakness. That's a cause of original sin. Our Lady never had that. When she said, yes, at the Annunciation, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Yes, do with me whatever you will. And she stayed at the foot of the cross. She could repeat the same words. I, I knew it was going to cost, but I said, yes, I'm not quitting. That's the Immaculate Conception. And the fourth wound affects what we call the concupiscible, which is the part of our soul Controlling the body, controlling the senses, controlling the pleasure we get through our senses, whether listening to music, eating good food, looking at uh, beautiful things, or 
are our senses. Our senses have to be controlled. The soul, the soul of Adam and Eve before the sin, original sin, and the soul of Our Lady, their soul were constantly in control of their five senses. But when original sin came, that control over the senses was broken. And now we are led by our senses to do things which go against the soul and against God. So excess in eating or drinking or all the sins of impurity. That's why we call that wound, the wound of concupiscence, where we lack temperance, we lack moderation in eating and drinking and in whatever concerns our body. So purity, chastity, modesty. And that's why Our Lady is, when we speak about her immaculate conception, her purity comes out. She's the all-pure, the mother most pure, mother most chaste, mother inviolate, mother undefiled. It's very clear because we are really wounded of that wound of concupiscence. It's perhaps the, the most visible, the most visible wound. So these are the consequences of original sin. So by not having original sin, Our Lady was preserved of these wounds as well. Baptism for us did not remove the wounds of original sin. It healed them partly. We still have to struggle. Remember the parable of the good Samaritan. The man went from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell in the hands of thieves who beat him and robbed him and left him half dead. He was not dead. He was half dead. He was wounded, but he was still breathing. So the fathers of the church explains, well, the state of that man, stripped of everything, stripped of his goods, left naked and wounded, that's Adam after his sin. Adam and Eve after their sin. That's the way we come into this world, wounded. The baptism, like the man, he poured oil and on the wounds and he brought him to the inn to be taken care of. So that by baptism, our wounds, our original sin is washed away, wounds are healed, and we're brought to the inn, to the church. But we still have to struggle. We still have to struggle. So, Our Lady did not have all the consequences. She did not have to practice mortification as a, an act of, I would say, of fighting against bad habits. Our Lady never committed mortal sin. We need to say a word about mortal sin. If we are the children of the Immaculate, we just cannot commit mortal sin. Unfortunately, we have... And we are exposed to sins. We're really living among sharks and among so many dangers among us. And now with a, a good example is this, this complete exaggeration of this, this false epidemic. And we're going to catch the COVID by whatever we do, keep social distancing and all these things. It's totally crazy. But nevertheless, we should have that attitude concerning sin more than concerning the health of our body towards an epidemic, which is more in the head than in, in, in reality. But there are many occasions of mortal sin, unfortunately. And as the prophet said, they commit sin like they drink water. So, a word about mortal sin, because it's everywhere. And now it's, it's part of life. 
Abortion is part of life. Divorce is part of life. Contraception is part of life. Homosexuality is part of life. We cannot say anything against these things, but these are mortal sins. These are mortal sins. What does God think about mortal sin? Well, look at the angels. The angels had one test, one temptation. Some fell. St. John says one-third. Two-thirds remained faithful. But those who fell, those who followed Lucifer, who said, I will not serve, God said, go to hell. So let's think for a moment. They're in hell for all eternity. And, and the torments of hell, the fires of hell for these angels is, is worse because they're higher beings than for us. They're more perfect beings, being pure spirits. Think for a second. God did not say to the angels, okay, hold on. Those who would like to go to confession, line up and go to confession. They did not even have a chance for a single confession. They had one chance. They missed it. God said, go to hell. That is what God thinks of mortal sin. We are not allowed to commit mortal sin. Our problem is God has been too good with us. That's our problem. Because we know we can go to confession and we've done it so many times and we, we abuse God's mercy. We, we are presumptuous. Oh, God is good. I know I'm weak. I'll go to confession Saturday or Sunday whenever I have, whenever I have a chance. But look at the sins of the angels. And we'll look at what the angels think, the, the demons, the fallen angels in hell when they look at us and they see us committing sins, mortal sins, we go to confession and we fall again and we go to confession and fall again and, and we still have a chance to go to heaven. The angels in hell, they see God's mercy and they say, my God, that's not fair. They should come to hell with us. And in a certain way, yes, it's not fair. It's called mercy, mercy, the mercy of God. And so, mortal sin is, St. Paul says, is crucifying Jesus again. Imagine taking the body of Jesus from the lap of Our Lady when they took him down from the cross. Imagine somebody taking the body of Jesus from Our Lady and putting him back on the cross and putting the nails back in his hands after they, they removed him and the thorns on his head. But that's a mortal sin. How can somebody after that say, Blessed Mother, I love you. Hail Mary, full of grace. And then I go and crucify Jesus again. There's a contradiction. And so, devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is to understand we cannot promise and consecrate ourselves to Our Lady and then take the body of Jesus and go and crucify Him again by committing mortal sins, by dirtying at, looking at dirty things on internet or by swearing or by alcohol or drugs or, or getting angry or losing your temper by falling into any of the seven capital sins. We have to be logical. If we love Our Lady, if we understand that our mother is impeccable, our mother is immaculate, we have to aim at being like our mother. Otherwise, we are, we are bad children and, and bad and, and really bad. So, we have to stop committing mortal sins. By the grace of God, we can. By the sacraments, by her help, 
by going to her, throwing herself at her feet. Say, Blessed Mother, I have that weakness. I have this vice. I have this passion. I want to get rid of it. Like St. Augustine falling down and saying, My God, I need help. And it says when he fell down and he wept, tears like peas coming down on his cheek. And said, My God, I have tried to do it by myself, but I realized it was the wrong, the wrong thing to do. I need your help. And that's when God gave him the grace and dried up all his passions. If we are the children of the Immaculate, we must have this enmity with mortal sin. That's not enough. Most of you are married. Well, in marriage, there's many ways of hurting love. You can slap your spouse. You can be rude and be unfaithful. That would be the mortal sin. But there's little things that hurt love as well. Little coldness, little criticism, a little ingratitude, a forgetfulness. You forgot today's the, the day of your wedding. You forgot. You even, didn't even say, I love you. Little things which, which hurt love. Love remembers all the good that have been received. And so, these are venial sins. Venial sins are not nice. Venial sins hurt. You have the people who crucify Jesus, and you have like these nine lepers who never came to say thank you. And Jesus was hurt. He never said thank you. Where are the other nine, he says. You have those who have hurt him by just by doing nothing. So venial sin is, uh, you have two types of venial sin. You have the deliberate ones and you have the sin of frailty, the venial sin of frailty. You knock yourself against the corner of the table. You say a bad word. It just came out. Well, that's called a sin of frailty. A venial sin deliberate is, you know it's bad, but well, it's, it's not bad. It's not a mortal sin. I, I can still do it. A little excess disorder at table or disorder in speaking. A little lie. It's not a major lie. It's a little lie. Okay. We kind of gratify ourselves with these, these little things saying, well, I can still go to communion or it's not a mortal sin. I can still do it. But this is terrible. Let me read to you a word of St. Teresa of Avila who says, From any sin, however small, Committed with full knowledge, may God deliver us. Especially since we are sinning against so great a sovereign and realize that he is watching us. That seems to me to be a sin of malice of forethought. It is as though one were to say, Lord, although this displeases thee, I shall do it. I know that thou seest it and I know that thou wouldst not have me do it. But although I understand this, I would rather follow my own whim and desire than thy will. If we commit a sin in this way, however slight, it seems to me, says St. Teresa of Avila, that our offense is not small, but very, very great. And why is the deliberate, we're speaking here, the deliberate venial sin, why is it so bad? Here are the effects which we read in the the books of spiritual life. I'll list a few of them. I have six here, six major consequences of deliberate venial sin. Number one, it deprives us of many actual graces which God otherwise would have given us. 
God wants to give us graces to bring us closer to Him. But if we are indifferent, if we don't care about these little hurts, then God is going to give the graces to someone else. We don't, we're not appreciative. We're not grateful. Two, it lessens the fervor of charity and one's generosity in the service of God. It's a little bit like winter where the trees, they're still alive, but there's no leaves and there's no fruits. Three, it increases the difficulties in the exercise of virtue. If we take the habit of these little venial sins, deliberate venial sins, oh, it's not so bad, it's just, it's just a venial sin, it makes the practice of virtue more difficult. Four, it predisposes for mortal sin. A million venial sin will never be equal to a mortal sin, but it's going to weaken, weaken the souls. And if we have committed many, many venial sins, the soul is weak and one day the devil comes with a big one and boom, there will be a big temptation and we will not have the strength to resist and we will fall. St. Bernard says, nobody becomes very bad all of a sudden. If you hear a marriage breakdown, it's because it's been brewing for many years. But these are the little things, little lack of, uh, lack of love that undermines, little selfishness that undermines the wedding and one day something big happened, boom, it's over. It's over. Five, venial sins will be the reasons for more sufferings in purgatory. So, purgatory. If we are not fervent, if we're not eager to go to God, but we're, we take our time, God is going to say, well, that's okay, take your time to come to heaven as well. You're not in a hurry to come to heaven? Well, I'm not in a hurry to receive you. And we're going to be stuck in purgatory. And don't aim at purgatory, because a simple example is, imagine being stuck in traffic, going to Toronto, and stuck in a traffic on a day where the, your air conditioner is not working in a car, you're in a hurry and there's an accident and you're stuck in the traffic. And you're in a hurry going to a, being an important meeting. Imagine if you're going to your wedding. How would you feel? Well, our Lord compares heaven to a wedding. Purgatory is being stuck on the way. So don't aim at going to purgatory. Aim at going to heaven. And maybe you'll be stuck, but at least you will be less stuck in purgatory. And sixth, the fact of rejecting God's graces that prompt us to overcome ourselves, to deny ourselves as the result of what we have just said, will lessen the degree of charity at the end of our life and therefore will have consequence for all eternity because the glory in heaven will correspond to the degree of charity at the moment of our death. And so venial sins slow us down in our movement towards God and therefore we will not reach the degree of charity God had planned for us. So these are the consequences of venial sin. Our Lady never had that. She never had that. Never a deliberate venial sin. Never even a, a sin of venial sin of frailty. Our Lady is truly the Immaculate. And I just end this section by saying there's something even higher up in the spiritual life. So we have mortal sins, 
We have deliberate venial sins. We have venial sins of frailty. And then there is what we call imperfections. Imperfection is refusing a sacrifice. It's not a sin. A sacrifice is something good. God is asking you to I know, keep your mouth shut. Don't say that bad word or whatever. And, or don't complain. It's hot. Don't complain. Okay, you refuse an, 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 act, uh, an effort, an act of virtue. Or God is urging you to maybe go and make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. And you don't do it. So God is asking us to do something more perfect. And we say, well, no, not now. And we, we reject the invitations of God. So these are imperfections, which is a sign of a lack of charity as well. We will have to pay for these in purgatory. And that's why it's important that whenever you know, we have a chance to overcome ourselves, this act of self-denial is crucial in the spiritual life. Well, Our Lady never had these imperfections or half-hearted act of charity. One can give flowers to his wife in many ways, as you know. You can give, honey, this is your birthday, happy birthday, a big kiss, a beautiful bouquet. Or one can say, here's your birthday, here are some flowers, or a few birth flowers. One can throw flowers at his wife as well. It's your birthday, of course, I need to give you flowers. The flowers are the sign of one's love, and so there's many ways of expressing one's love. Same thing with God. Oh, I have to say my rosary. All right, I say my rosary. It's like giving flowers to Our Lady. Yes, my Blessed Mother, I have to give you flowers. Here, here's flowers. I would rather do something else, but uh, I have to give you flowers. So, There's no love. There's no, it's not 100% charity. Our Lord says the first commandment is to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength, all our, our, our mind. So if we don't do that, well, we, we can't enter heaven. In heaven, there's nobody who's distracted. Say, well, I love God, yes, but I have other things to do. No, no, in heaven, is, it's, it's 100%. So if we're not 100%, we'll have to go to purgatory. So Our Lady never had these imperfections. We will imitate the Immaculate Conception by aiming at a fervent spiritual life, by wanting to purify ourselves. Let us examine ourselves. We say in the litany of Our Lady, she's the mirror of justice, speculum justitiae. And so we need to examine Our Lady, her virtues, and try to be like her, like a little child trying to imitate what her mother is doing, whether it's cooking or, or whatever. The little child will try. It's going to be imperfect, but the mother will see the goodwill. And that's what Our Lady wants to see, our goodwill in trying to imitate her. We will continue next time with the Immaculate Conception. There's, there's much to say, but I would say the positive side, which is the fullness of grace. It's just a beautiful topic. Hail, full of grace. God bless you. And whenever you think of the Immaculate Conception, think that's not just a title. It's a program. It's a code of Christian life. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. Thank you. And God bless. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For more resources regarding the Catholic faith and the message of Fatima, 
And to support this vital apostolate with a much-needed donation, please visit our website, Fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. So many souls need to know and love Mary, so as to truly know and love Jesus. For the glory of God and the salvation of souls, please share this talk with others. And may God reward you. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us.